What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 172 of your favorite podcast, the Great Eye Podcast. I'm your host, mainly today. I am joined by my mentor, Alston Stout, coming on the Great Eye Podcast for the first time. I am fired up about this. Inside, we do a deep dive on anabolics. We go deeper than I've done on this podcast yet, and it is absolutely fantastic. We talk about men, women, everything you guys should, shouldn't be doing, things to look out for, how to set up cycles, all of that stuff inside. It is absolutely fantastic. We talk about mitigating side effects. We talk about we talk about extreme drugs. We talk about everything in here. It's great. You guys are absolutely going to love it. As always, Grow Night Podcast brought to you by Revise Summit, brought to you by Raw Summit Shoes Code Mahaley at checkout to support your boy. Leave us a five-star rating and review to be entered into the weekly $100 Amazon gift card giveaway. Have your notepads ready. This one is intense. I'll see you inside. All right, guys, really, really, really excited for today's podcast guest. Austin Stout has come on the Grower Night Podcast. I can't believe it's taken 172 episodes to get you on here, but Austin, thank you so much for coming out today. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. How's, uh, how's things going in Ohio today? I know the weather there is a little cold right now, isn't it? Um, we had, we had some warm days now, now it's like raining all the entire week. (laughs) It sounds very Ohio like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, So obviously Austin, what, what part of Ohio are you from? I'm not far from Columbus. It's like a general reference. I use Columbus as a general reference because I live out in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) So I'm, I'm probably, uh, I would say like, 25 miles from Columbus. Yeah. North. Okay. Yeah. So, that, 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 there, right. There's nothing out there. <laughs> no, you go North. It's just, uh, there's cornfields on all four entrances to where I live, like on all sides. <laughs> That's a, did you grow up a farmer? I was not a farmer, but I did grow up in, you know, I did grow up in the country, I guess. Okay. My parents have, you know, five acres. So they have a little, not like a huge amount of land, but had some acreage and, yeah. uh, I've never lived in the city. I mean, I've lived in like a town, small a couple small towns, but for the most part, just country. Okay, yeah. I mean, most of Ohio is like that. You know, I'm I'm from Springfield, um, which isn't far yep. from Columbus, um, but it's yep. it's it's definitely it's much more uh, gentrified. It seems like than where you where you are right now. But man, there's not a lot going on out there. There's just not a lot happening. What's wild? No, you know, what's wild to me? What's wild to me is like. Me and you and Mark Tominick um, and Dylan Bear, um, Adam Atkinson, like, man, low-key, there's some really good coaches from Ohio. And, like, bodybuilding where we're from is, like, not really a big thing. Like, how, how did you how did you realize that this was your passion and that this you kind of wanted to help people through bodybuilding? So I started, so I started coaching kind of before it was, really a, a big thing like it is now i mean it definitely wasn't anywhere like it was you know current day yeah um so we're talking we're talking pre-instagram yeah yeah and you so, were doing all like, my coaching right, back then but literally i think right before and, and i someone could maybe correct me on this but i think it was right before instagram started wow i so it was you know pretty similar story like a lot of people i did like the the one-on-one in the gym training with people um, real young, literally like 18 years old. You know what I mean? Doing that, doing that. And then um, I did, because I did my first bodybuilding show at teenage 
you know, teenage division. Did and then people really? were like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so, you know, people are like, Oh, let's, uh, you know, what are you doing? They asked for advice. You kind of know how it goes. And then, and then more people asked for advice Yeah, and more people asked for advice. And, and eventually charging like, for advice. <laughs> like, Hmm. I said, like, wow, this is, this is kind of neat. I can yeah. do this through email and computer and things like that versus going to the gym. So I just eventually transitioned over. I've been doing this literally. So over 10 years of coaching, but this has been my 100% full-time gig with no other income for probably like eight years. Wow. That's it. And how old are you, Walson? I'm 30. So like literally I started wow. right out of like, right out of high school. I was in college. I was yeah. going to college for nutrition. I just, um, I just started helping people and yeah. then it just kind of, I never thought it was a viable career because at the time, like I said, no one was really, no one was really doing it. There was a few people, but it wasn't yeah. really on the scale of now. So, like Jason Theobald would have been doing it, and yes. Alan Kress yep. might have been doing it. Probably, yeah. Probably. I don't know anyone. Well, Adam, Adam would have been doing it. Adam Atkinson would have been doing it back then. But I don't, man. I don't know. I mean, you guys, you guys around that area were kind of the OGs. You know, I think I told you during our call the other day, I have Facebook posts saved of yours back in like 2014, 2015. Like I've been following your shit for a long time. You've always been ahead of the curve too, which I find very unique about you. Um, you know, you're, you're not someone, you don't want to have this Instagram fame and all this, you know, clout and stuff like that. Um, you know, which it'll be interesting to see what happens like with the grower die podcast and like people coming you know, to you from that. But like, you're not one who's ever really wanted to have this big following. So you just wanted to impact people. And a lot of what you say has been, like I said, been ahead of the curve or maybe gone against the grain of what people accepted at the time. But the more time goes on, the more anecdote goes on, the more research goes on. Like, man, everything that you've kind of been preaching, there's someone else similar to this as well. I'm not sure if you know Phil Viz. He's kind of out there in left field. Um, but he's always kind of been ahead on some things too. You know, you've always been really far ahead of things. So, and and I, I, I'm not... I'm not to where you are in terms of the visionary, I don't think, but I feel like I've always been ahead on some things and not scared to put my neck out there and talk about it. Has this always just like made sense to you? Like the, the human body, has it just always kind of made sense to you? Like it's always kind of been second nature or do you think that's something you kind of acquired later on? Uh, that's it's not something I really thought about a lot, yeah. but uh, yeah, I guess, I guess the probably the thing that I realized was, quickest was that what we were doing as coaches because i mean really we have three primary things we want to either body composition goals you know health goals or maybe like strength goals and then there could be maybe some or strength or performance goal and there could be some maybe you know a little bit of combination of that in there somewhere and i ran into i ran into issues like well why is why is what I'm doing not working? Yeah. Why is their body doing? Why is their body resisting to this? And then I had my own, you know, several of my own health issues in that. And um, that that actually had kind of pushed me to learn a little bit more. And I would say in the infancy, I was like, I was exploring this stuff way back, you know, 
talking like right when I started doing it. Now, I definitely, I knew something was there. I just didn't know quite how it worked and what it, what it was Got until it. later. But, um, I just got hooked, you know, I just started doing it and I realized there was a niche and then also just started getting so many damn inquiries yeah. for this kind of stuff. And it just, and it just accumulated more and more and more and more. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, there's, there's a business in this too. Yeah. yeah. You know so what you I mean? So you've got to expand your knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and it's too, you know, too, like I realized I'm like, Hmm, this isn't just a health thing. This actually is stuff that we should be integrating with our physique related clients too, because, yeah. because I mean, we can only, you know, we can only tip those scales of homeostasis too far to one side for so long Absolutely. before we start having problems. So I'm think I'm like, well, if I know all this stuff about physique enhancement, but also health and I can integrate the two, I can make someone do better for longer. Absolutely. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the point you just made with, you only tip the scale so long, you know, so far from your homeostatic environment and you can only push homeostasis so far, you know, at certain times, this is something I talk about a lot, but I don't think people respect it in the manner that it needs to be respected because so you have someone who just finishes a show, right? Or you have someone who they go on their first cycle. And they intend to not come off. They intend to kind of take a more blast and cruise method for lack of better terminology, if you will. Um, so these, these people anticipate now I, you know, I have anabolic steroids in me or if you're post show now I have anabolic steroids and I have a plethora of food and I have a plethora of energy. So these people get caught up and just push, 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 push. And, while they're just pushing and pushing and pushing and hoping that their body responds, I think we lose a lot of biofeedback measures in there that are, you know, that eventually end up begging you to stop. Um, something like poor RHAV, uh, HRV, heart rate variability, um, extremely high blood glucose, um, just any, anything that could stem from high systemic stress. I mean, that's that's the first measure of biofeedback that says, dude, I really need a break is your systemic stress. You know, variables are just going to be off. Um, what, what do you think, what's the mindset shift that needs to happen here? Or what can we do as athletes and as coaches? Um, well, as coach, I think it's pretty straightforward to assess biofeedback, like real biofeedback. Don't just ask me what their macros, their cardio and their drug cycle is like assess real things. What can we do as athletes to help ourselves not venture in the deep end? Because I'm seeing a lot of folks come and like they're sending this blood work that looks worse than prep blood work should look going into peak week. Or there's people that like, how, how does she get fat? Like your belt doesn't even fit anymore. You got so goddamn fat because you think you were building tissue. What are some things we can look out for to honestly just literally be healthier athletes in your opinion? So uh, the mindset, the, the concept of it's really easy. The concept is, a, a a body that functions better gets better results. Yep, that's it. I mean, that's that's it. And how could you possibly argue with that? Yeah, that concept, right? I mean, it's anyone anyone that hears that that should make sense. One hundred percent, right? So we know that we know that at points there are going to be points where we aren't going to be in homeostasis. There are going to be points where we are 
we are required to be out of that homeostasis in order to get results or we just won't get results. Absolutely. But the problem, the, the problem that we're seeing is two things. They're, they're, they're out of that for too long or they are, they're already in a bad spot when they try to push hard. You know, it's like, like it's like, Oh, I want to, right. It's, yeah. It's like, well, that would be an example or even fat loss or, you know, contest prep. I'm like, cool. You know, I want to get this initial information stuff. I'm like, like your body's a pile of shit right now. Yeah. Nothing's working right. Your blood work was terrible. Yeah. You've already been, you've already been, you know, on gear for the last four months. I'm like, what are we going to prep with? Like what? Yeah. Like, yeah. What result are you expecting exactly? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, stuff like that, or just in off season, same thing. I mean, um, you know, muscle growth at a point, especially for people that need to eat a lot of food and stuff. And it, it does require pushing yourself to a point where your body's not going to be imbalanced. I mean, your blood work's not going to be perfect. Your digestion's going to be tested. I mean, all that stuff. So if you're already going into that in a poor spot, I mean, how much potential for progress do you really have? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, an analogy I like to use is you're probably not going to call the tree cutters out to cut out a stump right? You're probably going to call them out to cut down a tree, right? But you have to first have a tree to actually cut down in order to make something happen. And this applies to physique progress as well. You know, I think the number one item, um, this podcast is about 50, 50, it's about 50% men, 50% women for women. You always want to lose body fat, always want to lose body fat, but you have a stump. Where the fuck do we pull? We're, 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 there's, there's nothing here built up that we can chop down little by little and turn into fat loss or guys, you always want to grow. You just always want to put on this muscle, but we have this little tiny stump that you're starting from because you know, your liver enzymes are through the roof. Your creatinine is three times too high. And, and actually you made a really good point when you're pushing homeostasis and this is something a lot of people get caught up on. When you're pushing me say your blood work's not going to be perfect. It's just not. Like, there's going to be a time and a place where it has to venture outside of optimization, if you will, for you to actually make tangible progress, right? There's going to be times creatinine right. has to be a little bit higher. There's going to be, uh, honestly, I think we can get away with times without liver enzymes being that much higher unless orals get introduced. I, I don't, am, am I wrong in thinking that? You think we can keep liver in check year round? I know, Mine don't really move too, too much. Yeah, it's also a kind of a, her, a hereditary thing. But, but what I'm getting at is there's a time and a place for, you know, some of these things to be off kelter. But we, we should never be so outside the fucking range that it's like, I mean, if you if you have foam in your pee every single time you, you pee, then your kidneys probably aren't. There, there's something going on in your kidneys, right? If you have foam in your piss for six months, this is a huge deal. And something needs to change. So don't be scared to push, you know, push that a little bit for farther but honestly for women i don't really think you i think blood work should be pretty fucking good year round for women i mean do, do, do you think do you think women need to venture out as much as men do uh, i mean not from it, well there's some you know things to consider it would be for contest prep if especially if we have like a natural female there's going to be hormonal adaption it's inevitable yeah their their shit's going to tank yeah it's going to happen it is. And same with the natural male. Like, their test levels are going to tank, yeah. most likely. Yeah. You know, so I guess. Um, but, I mean, 
but the thing with now if we're talking like an enhanced female of course the amount of the amount of you know total exposure to like mill per milligram mm. it's a lot less than men they just don't need you know they just don't need the amount so of course the typical things you'd expect like your lipid profile and stuff like that probably aren't going to be affected as much as a male yeah right correct yeah. but um but women you know women have women have like a different set of obstacles than men yeah. in terms of women are just a little less resilient in yeah. terms of their, the way their body adapts versus a male. Males can like in terms of like fat loss and things like that. Males can get away with beating themselves up a little bit more Absolutely. than a woman or a lot more in some yeah, cases. Male, males recover pretty easily. It seems. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in comparison, I mean, some women, Dude, I get so many of these functional cases now. Some of these women, when we get them fixed, it takes us it takes us like forever to get them fixed. I'm like, look, I would suggest that you never do that again. <laughs> like, no, yeah, no, no, like, I, not I, absolutely, yeah. Don't don't ever venture to that point again. And it's and 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 sometimes I'm like, and, my, and I, I'm always honest with people because you know what, you are not going to. <laughs> You're not going to compete at a super high level. You do not have the genetics for it. Your body clearly does not like to go anywhere close to that. Absolutely. Judging by the way that it reacts. I said, what's, why? What is the, let's get you healthy and happy, you know, and, and just be content with that. But, yeah. um, we straight off a little bit, but yeah. No, I think that's, I, I think that's good. I, I, I think that's solid. I, I, I have, I have a controversial comment that I made. On one of the recent podcasts, I, I, I want to hear your opinion to it. I okay. said, I, 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 I said it's, I said it could be fun if we disagree on something, but you might agree with this. I said on a okay. recent podcast, I think if you're a female or a, a, a male, I don't think I, I feel hundred percent certain on this. Prepping enhanced with the right guidance, the right enhancements, is going to end up being healthier than prepping naturally. Context. So, so let me, should, I, should I add context here? Well, I'm not going to disagree with you, so you can add context if you want. <laughs> I've had this. I've had this conversation with a few people, but our sex hormones are tanking. Uh, their sex hormones are tanking. I say ours because it's a team effort, right? It's me and the athlete. It's you and the athlete. Our sex hormones are tanking. Period. Okay. Uh, the thyroid is tanking. Period. Okay. So you bring in something to offset both of these items and you're probably going to prep healthier. Not probably. It's, I think it's very likely you, you say you agree with that statement. I don't, I don't respect many people close to the realm that I respect you in. So you replace this with you know, a little bit of primable and something like my, and this is something I want to talk with you about my highly, 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 highly preferred, um, anabolic steroids for women due to bioidenticality is testosterone at an HRT dosage. The reality is you can't just do the, the thing is you can't just put that out there because people aren't educated enough on pharmacology to be like, Oh my God, she's on testosterone when like their body makes an actually right. But a woman on three milligrams of testosterone, four milligrams of testosterone within that natural HRT range and 12 and a half mics of thyroid of T3. And we can add T4 in there too. We can add that in too they're going to be healthier in the end. And I think they're going to respond and bounce back better than someone who's completely natural. Now I want to hear your thoughts on that. 
Um, yeah, I would. I generally do tend to agree for a few reasons. This is going to be. I can see why that's a controversial comment. Yeah. I can. I, I understand that. But so I'd actually have a conversation with um, another functional medicine practitioner who doesn't really fret people that much, but okay. it's somebody that their opinion is one that I I think is uh, respectable and reputable, you know, okay. reputable. So, so anyhow, so yes, we're going to have down regulation of thyroid. We're going to have less T4 to T3 conversion in these people. We're going to have sex hormones drop. We're going to lose menstrual cycles in a lot of these women, you know, whatever, all that stuff. The if we support them with these, you know, replacement doses, or it can it could be potentially more. Again, it depends on what level of client we have. Um, yeah, they're going to have not only is their prep going to feel better and function better, and they're going to get a better result. They're probably going to recover better. Um, now, what's going to happen post show? And this is what I'm always thinking: like, all right, so if I take them off. If they come off the hormones post-show, they're going to, their hormones, you know, their endogenous production is down. Yeah. Okay? If they prep without the hormones post-show, their endogenous production is down. So we're kind of, we're kind of in the same place. Now, the difference is that, the difference is that the person that took the exogenous hormones put far less stress on their body because all of these adaptions weren't happening. Yep. Versus the person that didn't take them. So, so yeah, starting from the same, the same like lower, you know, hormone set point after the show building up food, but one body's way more stressed out than the other body. Yeah. Right. So just in terms of recovery, yeah, I would, I would generally agree with that. Mm. It's a, it's a hard sell because it's not what you typically hear. Um, like prepping, prepping women naturally, shit, hard. dude. It's like, it is hard. They, there's, and you know, don't get me wrong. Like, there's some that have the genetics and you can do it. Yeah. But in general, one of two things: they're either going to have good genetics, and if they don't, and you can, and you get them in shape, they're fucking just they're screwed weird. up. Like, yeah. really screwed up. hundred percent. You know. So, so let, let, let's talk about let's talk about the post show experience here, then. Um, because let's say, let's say you are going to do this. You, 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 you're, you're, you're a female and myself or you as their coach. And you're like, you know what? Heard in the podcast, I want to try out the, you know, a little bit of testosterone, thyroid, you know, whatever you think's best. Right. Uh, I would, a majority of our clients are with us because they trust us endlessly. Right. So they want to try this out. You come post show and I have the belief and this could be wrong. Uh, obviously stopping thyroid right away post show is probably a pretty good idea. You know, food's going to be up. We're going to pull cardio. We're going to pull stress. How I do, how I handle post show is I pull all stressors out. I've talked to you about this on um, some of our mentorship calls. I believe I pull stress yeah. all the way down and I don't, I, I don't care about the emotions of putting on body fat. I care about the health because the reality is you're going to feel way fucking better when you get back to a normal place. So if we drag that testosterone, you know, dose out until let's say four weeks post-show, the reality is at that point, you're not crashing anymore than it already is, 
right? Everything's already, everything's going to be tanked. Your natural production is going to be tanked because you are giving your body exogenous production. But now when we go to actually pull that testosterone out, we implement things like a new ethics jumpstart. Um, we implement something like for my, for my girls, I use the revive women's health. I know morphogen has something very similar in, in your sponsor. You're alongside morphogen. We add in something like that to bring these back, but we wait until there's a little bit of body fat on the client. So she's not 8% body fat when we pull the testosterone. She's now 14 or 13% body fat when we pull that testosterone back. Do you think, because to me it makes sense that it would, and, and it makes a lot of sense that that would be the most healthful approach there. Do you agree with waiting to pull the tests until more body fat's on? And the, the context for this, for those of you listening is, Body fat's kind of how your body creates the majority of your sex hormones from. It's, you know, from lipids, cholesterol, you know, things that are like this, your dietary fat intake. That's where the majority of your sex hormones come from. And that's kind of why this matters. Would you agree with that, that that's kind of the healthiest way to go about it? Yeah, I mean, you're just, you're basically uh, periodizing or, yeah. you know, like slowly taper, tapering, I guess might be the word in terms of, yeah, we come off the show, we got to think, we have potentially a lot of things in place. So we have high energy expenditure because we're doing a bunch of cardio. We have low food. We have, and you know, exogenous supplements, hormones coming in, whether it be thyroid or, or sex hormones or whatever. And yeah, I mean, of course, if we if we yank all that shit at once, it's gonna be bad. We're yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be messy it's gonna be harder to figure out like what exactly is doing what yeah. type of thing you know what i mean so i'm um, i'm generally in agreement where i like to build i like to build that base and the base would be more food a little more body fat a little more mental stability yeah. perhaps yeah you know yeah. a little more mental stability in there that way i can say hey Hormones are hormones are coming out. We're gonna have a down period here. I need yeah. you know, but everything's good. You're fine. You know, stay calm. Whatever, whatever right? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I would definitely agree. And I, I do something similar in that. First and foremost, priority is is reduce systemic stress on people. And same, the thing is that's that's pretty much the same for males too. Like males, look. If you're lean and you're super insulin sensitive and you're probably weaker than usual, yeah. you know, there's literally no reason that you cannot make progress post show with minimal inputs and just yes. eating more food and literally regaining the strength. Like yes. let's see let's be honest. Dude, I made I made myself a goal after my last show, which was two thousand nineteen. Yeah. And I said, I wanna see if I can and I'm prescribed TRT. So I was like, I'm going to go. I got my TRT. I said, I want to see if I can stay on TRT, titrate, you know, work my food up, get stronger training. Cause I knew I'd get stronger. Obviously. Yep. I want to see if I can surpass or at least match or surpass my previous off season high weight before I do anything else. And it took me, you know, it took me like five months to do it, but I got there before wow. I did before, before I changed anything else. And then, of course, and then I'm like, I got, I have tools left. And so now so I'm, you know, tools. I'm 25, 20, 25 pounds over that. Wow. And so, yeah, you're, you're, you're like, you're closing on 250 now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just, I'm finishing up a growth phase now. I'm like, I was like 255, about 254. How do you feel? How do you feel that weight? All right. 
kind of sluggish, not great. Yeah. How tall are you? Uh, like five, eight, yeah. five, eight and a half. Yeah. I saw, I've, I've seen obviously your progress pics. I mean, you look good. You look way different than you ever have before. Way yeah. fucking different. I think, I think the sluggishness is mostly just a result of food yeah. quantity more than anything. It's just so much fucking food, but yeah, you have to eat a ton, don't you? Yeah. It's not fun. I did. I eat more than. I eat more than like my 300 pound bodybuilder clients. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck you guys. Yeah. And, and yeah. if you miss one meal, you're down 10 pounds. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. So yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you. Pull down systemic stress as much as possible. If we have any type of major hormones in play that we need to pull out, you know, AKA testosterone or yeah. something like that, we get ourselves a little bit of cushion there before we pull them. Yeah. And they, they're generally, they're generally okay. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so, so we don't leave the guys hanging here. Our, our, our thoughts are pretty similar to the guys. I mean, you just, you just echoed my thoughts on the guys. Let's pull it down to TRT. Let's pull down systemic stress. I like going to RIR training, to be honest with you, right out the gate. But I'm, I'm, I'm also a massive extremist um, post show just because it's, I mean, you just have to push so fucking hard and like, it's not that I want to say the post-show rebound period is overrated, but I do think it's slightly overvalued because there's there's a large placebo effect from the mental cognition of post-show of, you know, I, I might not have achieved my goal. I mean, the reality is only one person at each show achieves the goal in each division, right? Um, and you might not have achieved your goal. So, you know, you have all this motivation, you have, you know, all this X, Y, Z. But I think people generally males more so than females have a tougher time staying locked in like prolonged during the off season phase, like usually four months post show when another show is not in sight for another year or whatever it might be. Males seem to venture out mentally a bit. Whereas I think if you can keep that fire burning of, Hey, did you got your ass kicked? Or, you know, after the 2019 Ohio, when I won that show, I was like, dude, I just got done kicking. You know, I kicked everyone's ass that show. I need to keep doing that. I need to keep kicking everyone's ass. And like, that was kind of the fire and the motivation. Right. Um, so for males, I think we are both generally in agreement of pull down the drugs, you know, dr drugs are so drugs are so, um, they're, they're massive stressors on the body, especially at the end of a show prep for guys, you know, you have Winstrol and maybe some halo tests in and some trembolone and, you know, some tests and some master on, you know, whatever the end of, of prep cycle might be for you. And that last week, if you bring in an anadrol or a super draw or something to be a little fuller and whatnot on stage, man, that's stressful. Like that's so stressful. So pulling that out, I think is, you know, the best route to take feeding, just allowing your body to kind of come back to itself. Um, but honestly, like we both touched on guys are so much easier than girls. Like, it's so simple. Yeah. To recover. Yeah, it's, yeah. So the, the the male the male portion in terms of like the post show period, it's funny to me because it's it's really it's really simple logic if you think about it. So they people I'm like, why why are you going to you got you know, like you said, body super stressed out, it's been through all this, it's you know, all low body fat, it's been through Tons of probably stimulants, like all kinds of shit. Your nervous system, yeah. like all this, right? Yeah. Why? Why? Why would we want to? Why would we want to 
change compounds or whatever and continue to blast and for whatever period of time. And then what happens after that? They, they have to take a health, health phase when they are basically already getting fatter and everything. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 that's so backwards. I said, Why not? you don't realize how much progress you could make just by reducing systemic stress. Yeah. And there is, there's literally two super duper easy variables that you can use to your advantage post show. You're weak. You're under fat. Yeah. You eat more, you get stronger, you lower systemic stress, you make progress. Yep. No matter what, like, Pretty much no matter what, you make progress right there. Yeah. And then when that progress slows down, guess what? You're healthier. All your all your lab work back to normal. And guess what you can do after that? Then you can blast. Yeah, guess what? You, you just keep progressing for months yeah. and months and months. So so now we just, you know, now we basically just stretched out, you know, we basically just stretched out like an eight to twelve month nice, nice run of progress. And you can make some nice, you know, you can put a nice dent in some progress in that amount of time versus I see the people, oh, my off season's starting now. I'm like, you competed <laughs> like, I'm like, what the you fuck you been doing? Like five months ago. Four months ago. <laughs> what have you been doing in that time? <laughs> yeah, you, you did something, you did something wrong, but yeah, yeah. that's, it's so, it's so backwards because not, not only can we progress, but we can get healthy at the same time. Yeah. And it's for bonus. For bonus, if you if you're a little more advanced, you put some GH and insulin exactly. in the post show period, and you fucking swell up, and yep. you make tons of progress, and that's that, it. You're yeah, done. that that's gonna carry you. GH, insulin, and testosterone, plus a real you're work done. ethic. Holy fucking shit, man! Post show, that's beautiful. That is that's and uh, I do real similar to you in that I pretty much I pretty much go everything sub maximal training wise until until I just either if I'm talking personally, I just, I know when I'm ready to, yeah. to bump it up. If it's with the client, same kind of thing, just watch feedback, just watch how they feel. But the thing is you could train three reps in reserve and still get stronger for four months because you were so fucking weak at the exactly. end of the round. I mean, <laughs> three RIR is still a brutal set. It's still hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's still hard. Yeah, it's definitely not failure, yeah. but it is very, very, very difficult. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you, you, you train, you train every single, sure. you train every set for yourself. Um, similar to I do, I think with like every set failure all out, everything you got, right. Yeah. I changed a couple things recently cause I had a couple injuries on, on to the gym. I got hurt outside the gym, of course. Of course. And right. Typical <laughs> meathead, God damn it. <laughs> I know. But, uh, but yeah, that just that's just a preference. It works for, it works for me. Um, plus time wise, it's, it's pretty time efficient. I'm busy and I don't want to spend, you know, a million hours a week in the gym. No, hundred percent. Dude, it's funny. I was just talking to, um, one of my friends, I, I went and, uh, grabbed lunch with a friend before this. And, uh, I was like, man, me and Austin if if me and Austin can sync schedules, then anyone can sing schedules because, man, I don't know someone busier than you and I. And somehow we always make it work. It's kind of fucking amazing. But, yeah, I mean, you're, you're a busy guy. You know, you have your mentorship. You have all of your clients. Um, and, you know, you 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 give so much. And it's a very similar approach. Ty takes this, like, man, like, right now, you know, I'm 26 days out uh, from show one. So it's like, 
if, if I need to be in the gym two and a half, I'm in the gym two and a half to achieve. But man, in the off season, it's like, hey, can I get in and out? <laughs> How fast can I fucking get in and out? Because there's so many things to do. But it's like when you, when you kind of set the boundary with your training, I feel like training sessions get, one, more enjoyable. But also, two, I, I, I always feel like when I have boundaries within my training sessions that they're almost more optimal as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the quality is better. Like, yeah. hey, I have an hour and 15 minutes to get done eight sets. And, you know, that's that's full. That's every single set, all out balls to balls, everything you got, whether it's a straight set, intensifier, whatever. And that's full recovery. And a full recovery, all season, man, that's like 10 minutes between a set. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> yeah. You're just it sitting there be. like, dude, am I still not, am I ever going to be good again? <laughs> Did that yeah. set fuck me up forever? But... I, th I think that's a really good uh, point to actually make there. You just like, don't hang out all fucking day in your training, actually get something done. Now, you know, like I just alluded to, you're 26 days out, whatever the fuck it takes to just like get through the session and like keep the quality high. That's what we want. But I don't want to venture too far away from, you know, what we're here for. I want you guys to understand the overarching concept of everything Austin and I talk about. Obviously, Austin's my mentor. Um, you know, I hired him in like December or November. December. Yeah, it was somewhere somewhere around there. Yeah, and I, I've learned a ridiculous amount. I highly, 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 highly recommend hire Austin. Like there's not many people who are a better resource than this guy. I truly believe that. But what we're, what we're talking about here is in everything you do, utilize the minimum effective dose. And I think people are missing the forest for the trees here of how much testosterone do I have to take? Um, when should I bring in an oral? Hey, when, when do I take trend? Um, how many sets in the gym do I have to do? What should my volume be like? How much protein do I need to eat? Dude, all of these Truly, you know what Matt Matt said it perfectly um, on a podcast he was here uh, with me with. Put your fucking head in the work. Like people go through this shit so mindlessly, and they expect to make physique progress, focusing on all of these variables that are just floating around or ever changing, or variables that, quite frank, don't have an answer. Like, man, you're more worried about your fish oil EPA to DHA than you are having a, having any sort of effort in the gym. And that's why you're still tiny, right? You're more worried about how to track, uh, how to count EAAs than you are just fucking busting ass in the gym and hitting your goals, zeroing out your macros or your diet plan every single day, right? Missing the forest for the trees, and I talk about this all the time, is a surefire way to literally not make any progress at all. And so I want to talk about this, something that I learned from you that I started implementing with my beginner clients is number one, um, you know, I've always believed never start a cycle until everything's perfect. If you can't be perfect for six months, you're not ready for a cycle. I mean, perfect with, with the diet, with stress mitigation, your training intent has to be perfect. If you just add anabolics to terrible training, then you're not going to get much out of it. Uh, an elevated blood pressure, um, you know, higher creatinine scores, you know, it's like, like not much is actually going to happen here. With beginners, though, um, I want to talk about beginners, or or we can do like phase one and phase two. And phase one's more beginner with anabolic steroids, which is still a very advanced individual. And phase two, kind of as you get deeper into anabolic steroids. So phase okay. one, these people, you're coming, everything's perfect, you're making progress. All right, now it's time to hop on PEDs, right? 
I learned the titration method from you, and ever since I've been doing it, it is unbelievable how foolproof it is. Can you kind of go over your titration method here with the listeners? Sure. And, and then I also want to hear, when do you, I know when you think, but when do you think adding a second compound in for your first cycle is kind of the appropriate time? Okay. Yeah, so in, in real simple terms, titration kind of goes back to like the post-show conversation. It's we add more stimulus when we need more stimulus type of thing. Right. And it's the same with, it's the same with an anabolic. We, we can, so I'll give you an example because examples will make this way easier to understand. So we, we are, where our health markers are good. We've been, you know, we've been training hard. We're increasing our food. We've been, we've made some good progress. Where maybe this person, this person is on TRT or they're on nothing. We'll just say that, and then they they start to stall. It's like, all right, our next step is we need another stimulus. Which our stimulus in this case is the anabolic. So, so instead of instead of saying, all right, the cycle is going to be, we're saying beginner. So we'll make we won't make it anything too outlandish. We'll say the cycle is going to be like you know, like four or five hundred milligrams total. If yeah. if you if even that. Yeah. for the beginner, maybe even less. And so instead of saying, all right, going right to 500, let's maybe put you just over a TRT. We'll say natural guy. We'll put you right over the TRT dose. We'll put you on 250, 250 total milligrams a week. Maybe that's just testosterone. Um, maybe we put them, and I'll talk about the second compound thing in there too, but we put them on that. They make good progress because they're probably going to make some progress for a little while. Yeah. They start to stall out. Like, all right, well, let's bump you. Let's bump to three fifty. All right. While while we're also bumping food, and you know, and and training stimulus at the same time, they maybe stall out. Maybe we'll bump to four fifty. We we we'll have this reasonable ending dose in mind based on how advanced the person is. Again, maybe it's four hundred. You know, maybe it's four or five hundred milligrams. And then we say, all right, we're we're now at our max dose. We uh, we'll hang out here for we'll hang out here for another month or two, or maybe more, depending on how your feedback is and how your progress is. And then we'll come, you know, and then we'll we'll cruise again. Yeah. But now, what have we done? We've effectively we effectively had PED exposure for a much longer period of time, but we've had our total exposure is not any more than it would have been at like a shorter twelve week, you know, whatever. 12 week cycle. Like the total right? saturation point isn't much different. Right. So we're the amount that we've been exposed to in the longer period is maybe maybe the same or close to the same yeah. versus versus just going right up to max dose. So and what that are we drives a lot with? more progress too. A hundred percent. Because yeah. why why does it drive more progress? Because it's time. Progress yeah. it's we have more time. We have more time with we have more time with the extra stimulus and we make more progress. It's yeah. just that's just the bottom line. And then um, it generally, generally what I see too is that it's less deleterious to the health markers because we are, let's get this straight. Anything over TRT is going to very slowly start manipulating. Like your HDL is going to like very slowly yeah. start coming down. Even if you're doing 400 milligrams a week, it's going to lower your HDL versus 150 milligrams a week. Yep. All right. Yep. But we're going to have a less deleterious effect to the health with this kind of like spread out titration pure, you know, we'll call it like a, it's not even a pyramid. It's more of just a climb protocol. And then we also, 
we also get to learn here too. We can also see is there a side effect? Are they having some kind of side effect? And if you if we take someone straight up to max dose, especially if we have multiple compounds, it's really hard to figure out what the side effects coming from. So what's the typical thing? Throw an AI in, throw yep. you know, throw like a prolactin drug in there or something. But yep. it's just like I don't know. I don't know, really do you know what the fuck you're actually trying to fix? No. Not really. No. So, so with this, it's like, hey, we went from, you know, we went from 250 tests to 400 tests and they were having some estrogenic side effects. Okay, well, we know, we know exactly what happened in there. We know that it's probably an estrogenic issue because we have more aromatization. Bam. How do we fix that? We back the test off. We add those milligrams back in with a non-aromatizing compound. So now yes. we're still at 400, but we've changed the ratio of androgen to estrogen. Done. Boom. Easy. Yep. It's, you know, now of course, now of course, like I'm making it, I'm making it very simple and it does take, it does take practice to figure out different people and you'll, and you'll be exposed to, and everyone's going to be different. There's no perfect ratio yeah. um, in terms of like a one-to-one or whatever, but it's surely going to be way easier than throwing someone on a gram of gear yeah. or compound trying to figure out what's wrong. Yep. Yeah. It's not going to know. No, you're, you know? you're not going to have any idea. So, so I, I, something that, that I like doing is I like playing it like relatively safe than sorry. Um, whereas whenever we go to that second compound, like what you're just talking about, the aromatizing to non-aromatizing, um, like I, I like going straight to that one-to-one ratio, straight to that one-to-one ratio. I, I don't want to say for everybody, but man, almost for everybody. Um, oh my yeah, God, at least. Yeah. I mean, well also we, we don't want to use AIs. Why? Like, right. like we don't want to use CIRMs. We don't want to use AIs all the time year round. Um, you know, there, there, there's, there's a large health effect, a negating health effect that comes from that. But man, I have found testosterone and Masteron are just really, re- that's a really, really, really foolproof in terms of side effect um, or a testosterone and Primabolin. Like I right. think, you know, I, I, I think those are two really foolproof just so people kind of have a general idea. So if we're going to do 500 milligrams a week in your first cycle, and, and I want you to talk about that second compound too. I, I'm just trying to add here. Uh, you know, if, if we go to 250 tests, we start having some side effects, which honestly 250 test side effects, that's really low. And that's really low to start seeing some side effects right. on. But if we start right. seeing something, we bring in that master on and we now have, you know, the non-aromatizing to the aromatizing ratio at one to one. We have 250 master on, we have 250 tests a week. You're, you're not going to need an AI. Likely you won't need an AI. Um, and you, you just keep tinkering with that dosage until it becomes perfect. Now there's the other side of it is, dude, as soon as you go on steroids, it's like, like your first anabolic cycle is kind of like, as a guy, it's kind of like going through puberty again. Like there's going to be some acne that pops up. It, it's, it's kind of a nature of the beast that at some point you're going to have some sort of acne. You might have some pimples that rotate that come up, go around, but over time they're going to, calm down and chill out a little bit. I don't think that's the, I don't think just having a couple of pimples, or a little bit of acne is this massive deal. Do you think that's a massive biofeedback deal here for, for, for people to look out for? Um, no, not really. I think it's important to keep in mind too, that when we initially, and here's another benefit of the titration is that 
when we initially ramp the dose, the androgen, like the androgen escalation in your blood versus how fast something's aromatizing, those aren't at an equal pace all the time. So it would be the same thing when you come off. You know what I mean? That's why, have you have you ever seen people where they're good the whole blast, then when they come off, they get yeah. acne? Yeah. You know, they, they're not come off or they go back to CRT, they get acne. And really that's just because, that's just because those ratios are temporarily out of whack because yeah. one one's coming down faster than the other. 100%. Right. So, um, so that another reason that the titration helps is because it lets everything come up more slowly and equally. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that would make those side effects less, you know, less often, less frequent, but yeah, of course, of course, like I'm not going to freak out if, if somebody, especially if we're like ramping and they get a little bit of that, I'm like, nah, we'll give it, you know, let's give it a couple of weeks. Let's see if stuff chills out. If it yeah. does, then all we know that it's just escalating hormones. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think another part that happens here is, um, I think in a lot of people, there's whenever you add in something like testosterone or any anabolics, you know, everything in your body is very much tied together. So your thyroid's responding to ev- everything. Your your entire endocrine system responds to itself, right? And oftentimes you're going to notice when you start a cycle, you sweat a little bit more than you do than you did before the cycle. It's kind of something else to like keep in mind, man. I mean, you might just be sweating a little bit during the day. You go to bed at night. You know, you're 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 you know, bed sheets are, are, you know, might get a little sweaty. They might get a little dirty because, you know, you're, you're, you're sweating a bit more than normal. And these little, you know, items over time do contribute, you know, to more acne and stuff like that. But as long as it's not something that's like wild and spreading, then I'm not, you know, too worried about that. Um, let's talk, let's chat about when to add in that second compound. And then I want to talk about more serious cycles. Yeah. So second, so in theory, in theory, we could we could really add in the second compound at the beginning if we wanted. But yeah. the thing is, we don't really know as a new like a new client. We there's no way to say how much they aromatize or how they're going to respond. We yeah. just don't know. Um, so I, I mean, as a general rule of thumb, you could say that the higher the dose is, obviously the more probably the more need for that second compound we're going to have because of course we're going to have more aromatization. Yeah. So pretty simple rule of thumb. Can I tell you if that's 300 or 600 milligrams? Not really. I'm just saying like if the higher you go up, the more chance you're going to have of those, of that androgen to estrogen ratio being skewed. Yeah. So, um, so especially for like your intermediate, your more intermediate to advanced people pretty much assume that it's going to be a part of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and now you said one-to-one ratio. I think that is a good starting point for a lot of people. If I know that, if I know that they have had, if I know that they maybe don't aromatize much or they maybe aromatize a lot, we can go, we can skew that either way. Um, I've had some people that are a one to two, like they are literally one testosterone to yeah. a two primavolin or something like that. That's a little bit frustrating just because the result of the cycle is always so much less. Yeah, it is. It is frustrating, but, you know. It's what's best for them in genetics. Yeah, yeah. You can't beat bio-individuality. No. Yeah, it is. I mean, inter-individuality is always determines how you respond, you know. So um, could be a one. It could be a two to one. You know, it could be the flip side. You could have a two, you know, more testosterone or more 
it's not just testosterone. I say more estrogen than you have like your, you know, DHT or type of compound. Um, we use, we primarily use DHT type compounds because they don't aromatize. They're generally, you know, well tolerated. Yeah. Right. So, so those are your typical choices, premium bull and master. I mean, that's pretty much, that's pretty much your counterbalancing friends right there. Do you prefer one over the other? Well, I mean, probably prima bowling, but it's just people don't get it as much. So it's, it's really like a matter of the end if it's real and if it's like all that shit. You know what I mean? I, so yeah. I, I, I have this theory. I have a theory on prima bowling because it's by far the most faked compound. I, I believe. I believe it's the most faked compound. Sure. Um, if it's if it's under eighty bucks a vial, it's probably not real primo. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would say general rule of thumb. Maybe even more than that. I pay probably should be more. Than I that. pay one ten. I'm like for amps, for amps. Yeah, so, so you yeah. know it's good, but fuck that shit's expensive. Yeah. So if primabolin is priced like everything else, when you're looking at an anabolic, you know you hit up your drug dealer and you see the price list. If if primabolin is the same price as everything else, it's not real primabolin. Um, it, it likely is. Uh, Mastron, I've seen, you know, it could be Echoboy. I've seen Echoboy's like effects. Um, it, honestly, it could just be testosterone. It really could. Yeah. Uh, probably a smarter person would probably put Mastron in there. Probably yeah. be like the smartest thing yeah. to make it more believable. 100%. <laughs> so but, l- 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 let me ask. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go for it. I don't have anything. Do you follow Victor Black? Um, so he used to be on. Well, he he came on one of my podcasts or the one that I do with with Joe. Yeah. At some point, um, kind of got very very angry. He's at angry somewhere guy. in there, and He's I don't. I'm like, and very like, I don't want to say anything bad about him because I don't know him that well. But it was like, eh, like he. It's, I just got. I don't. I don't watch him. It's a little weird. <laughs> it's a little weird. Yeah. It's. He, he he talks a lot of shit on Prima Bowling. About how it's weak and how it doesn't. I mean, no one's sitting here saying Prima Bowling's trend or test or I mean, poise or Deca. It's not. But man, he has this massive conviction that Prima Bowling does not contribute to hardly any muscular gains. What do you think about well, that? Well, I don't I don't know what what I mean, what's the premise behind it is there like some kind of there's some kind of like not data a lot of, behind there's it? not a lot of research supporting it it's more so his no. hypotheses or his digestion of an understanding yeah 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 i think it's interesting he is so anti-primo and he's very anti-ecopoys but he's kind of an angry guy it's hard to digest his information yeah, because he's an angry guy i don't I don't really, yeah i I would rather I would rather not comment on your <laughs> part because that's like we, I've had discussions with that about some other people with some other people. I'm like, dude, I don't know, and it's yeah. it's one of those things too where where people that are very very dead set on research have no they can't they won't bend at all no, no matter what. It's all confirmation um, bias. Yeah, so I don't. 
So that's one thing I stay out of. And I try to be, I try to use as much anecdotal evidence as I can along yeah. with, you know, along with research. Cause let's be honest, our research on anabolics, it, there is some yeah. and there is, but there's not a lot. And there's yeah. also not a lot. There's also not a lot in terms of the super, you know, super physiological doses and stuff that we're looking at. Yes. You could say like, there's been research on women that have used anadrol for certain diseases and they've used this much. I'm like, yeah, cool. But you know, we also know that if we give women this much of a drug, they get fucked up. So like, so I take everything with, I take all that with kind of a grain of salt. Um, I think we, we should understand at least on a very basic level, the mechanisms, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think anyone to be a good coach. Like, I don't think you need to necessarily be a fucking like, you know, chemist or have, you know, like I'll give you, (laughs) you talking about my mentorship. So I had someone the other day and this is no knock on them. They actually signed up with me, but we, we were doing some, uh, we kind of changed the pitch a little bit. They wanted to learn. They wanted to learn about a lot of what we're talking about in, in more depth and application. I said, great. And one of the questions was something along the lines of um, like the absence of the 19th carbon ring on certain uh-huh. compounds. I'm like, look, that's not what we're, I said, no. that's not what we're looking for here. I said, I can, I can, I can show you a, like a medical document that shows you what that is. But I, I promise you it doesn't matter. that has zero bearing yeah. on how well you help people. Yeah. I it's, promise you. It's missing the forest for the trees. Yeah. I, it is. So we had a good conversation and we, and he did sign up and we're do, and we're learning some good, you know, he's learned some good stuff, but, um, but I said, that's not, so that's not why we're here. I, I think it's a valid point because, I think you and I will both agree there's a lot of people way smarter than us in this industry, but they're like really far in the research side of things. Like so far, like that they, they aren't able to actually put it aside and help somebody because it's all just so by the book. And these people are intelligent and they're very smart and they're well-versed and know what they're talking about. But at the end of the day, coaching just comes down to your application of what you know. And there's some people, there's some big time coaches who don't know much, but their application's really fucking good. And their application is consistent and they have a proven model of application. They're able to get their people to buy in. Um, I look at some of the top coaches in the world and I, you know, I've heard them on podcasts and stuff and I'm like, I, that, 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 that's not right. (laughs) That's just, that's just not. That's just not, that's not how this works, but it works for you. And somehow whatever you're doing, it works for you to be a great coach. Like to be an elite coach and truly crank out results. You have to know enough to service. Everyone who's underneath you. You have to know enough to not have a case to not take on a case that's outside of your realm, but you need to be able to just spread your message and like get people to buy in, like focusing on why the 19th, the ring on the 19th, whatever is absent is, is definitely not going to make you a good coach, but there are some people who focus on that. And like, you truly want to know that. Um, like, I mean, do, do you agree with that? Do you think a majority of coaching is just application of what you actually do understand? I think it depends too. I, I think it really does depend too. Who's your demographic? Like, let's be honest. You, the, my demographic is 
so buried yeah. that I I have to I have to know what I'm doing and I have to have this a good science background and know these things because I'm helping people that have like the lower 5% of genetic yeah. capabilities. Yeah. And, but I also have on the flip side, I also have people that are, that have good genetics. I have BB you know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I have both. Yeah. So, but I'm just saying that I'm just saying, I tell people this too, when they go and seek research and I try not to, I try not to like plug myself. In. Like, Hey, what do you think of, what do you think of so-and-so? I said, just listen. They look at their client base. Yeah. Then make your decision on what they're, you know, what kind of information they're putting out. I said, if, you know, if their client base is, if what they're saying sounds like, a, you know, complete utter bullshit and it's wrong, like you said, it's like blatantly wrong. Yeah. And their clients are all freak shows. Use your best judgment. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of names now, coming to mind right now. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just just that it's just the fact that I've just chosen, I've just chosen a path of helping a really varied client base. And I actually, I actually enjoy that because it makes me way better. I agree. Because you, you just get exposed. And I think that's why I'm able to, to educate people well, because I've just been exposed to so many different situations. It's, uh, because now, now we're the education thing is kind of coming about, right? People are talking about whether it be anabolics or functional medicine or whatever. But the problem is a lot of it is here's your situation, here's your protocol. I'm like, well, slow down because mm-hmm. we're coaching a human being and we have all these other outside variables that come into play, right? So we can't just we can't just say here's you know one plus one equals two in every situation. Cause if that was the case, I would literally take my, my education program and I would make a fucking ebook out of it. Yeah. And I would sell Just it sell to, it. you know, a hundred thousand people or however many people I could get to buy it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what a lot of people do. Is, a lot of people do that, but the reality it, is it, they don't have the demographic that you have or that I have and yeah. your demographics even more flexible than mine. But I agree with what you say. I mean, this morning, you know, Monday's heavy check-in day for me. You open one check-in, it's an IFBB Pro. You open the next check-in, and they have the worst genetics in the world. You open the next check-in, and they have Saibo. You open the next check-in, they have Hashimoto's. You open the next check-in, it's someone two weeks out from Junior USA's. And it's like, dude, this is fun. Like, every case is so much different, right? And, like, I find excitement in that. You find excitement in that. But I believe that's what makes a great coach. I like you. I don't think you can be a great coach unless you can work with everybody. Like you need to be able to take on health. You need to be able to take on high level bodybuilders. You need to be able to take on little bikini girls to super heavyweight bodybuilders. You need to be able to take on people with digestive issues, whose hormones are wrecked. People who are just normal mom, just 42 year old mother of three who, you know, whatever you need to be able to work with anyone to get results. Anyone you've always been able to do that. And I take pride in hoping I can do that. Um, but man, there's very few coaches that are actually able to, to produce the results. Um, I know I've gotten a little bit, a little bit off track here because we're, we're just, we're just dudes being bros. I have a couple more questions for you. I know your time's super valuable yeah. and I know we're at no, 18, but I have a couple questions for you. Um, number one, off limit PEDs for women. So my list is, 
pretty straightforward. It's Trembolone and, 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 and Trestolone. Um, I don't really see anything else as off limits for women necessarily. Um, not a big fan of DECA. I've never used DECA in a woman. You, you could. I don't think I'd be a huge fan. What are your off limit and halotestin? I wouldn't use halotestin in a female. I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't think you could. But for you, what are off limit PEDs for females? Well, simplify this. Simplify this really easy. So they start with the basic stuff that generally most women start with. You know, what's typical first? Maybe it's Anvar. I'm not saying that's the best compound. Might be. Might be a low dose of testosterone. Might yeah, be better for them, right? That's my best compound. So <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I'm not going to go say one better than the other. But let's say we have this list, this small list of things that we know works for them why ever use anything else yeah like yeah the thing is the thing is dose dose determines result yeah really at the end of the day like we if we really break it down we we are we're trying to do a few things with PDs. like we're we're using an anabolic we have a we have specific pathways that we're using there maybe we have a gh and insulin that are hitting us from a, another specific pathway or multiple pathways yeah so if we know what works, it's really going to be down to having enough of that input to get a result. So yeah. for women, I would agree with you on the like off limit compounds, but you could probably even break it down into just a, like three or four things at most that you would ever need and just yeah. use more. I agree. <laughs> if you need more, use more. So, so, you so know? that list for me would look like Primable and Anavar, um, um, Turinable and, um, Really, I'd say five testosterone, um, MPP. That'd kind of be that would be my obviously GH and insulin. You know, fat burners. Yeah, fine. you can. And for women like men, the goal a goal with anyone should be instead of like putting the square peg into the round hole, let's do multiple pathways. So a woman will say, "Well, I've done the um, same." And I can use a male example. Well, I've done. Uh, uh, five milligram Anavar cycles, my first cycle. So, yeah. Okay, whatever, cool. I would like to do something else, and I get more and get more resolve. Okay, let's add GH yeah. and insulin to your next protocol. Well, that's not that's not an anabolic. I'm like, well, no. We're, now we're hitting you from we're hitting you from a completely separate pathway yeah. via mainly IGF type pathways, and we are getting heightened results with less side effects because like anything we we need to understand that there are multiple avenues that we can burn fat or multiple yeah. well I'm not saying other than like calories in calories out but i'm of talking course. like even when we look at fat loss supplements we have uncouplers we have you know things that attack beta cells alpha you know alpha receptors like we don't have to just we don't have to just take more clen or yeah. take more t3 you know yeah. what i mean so um my point is that we can do the same thing in men and women and that we can figure out how do we exploit all these pathways in a good synergy that gives us a lot of result with less side effects and also just keeps the body, I guess, you know, in balance more, if you want to use that, that word. But for women, women do GH and insulin can use for women just like that. Yeah, you can. For sure. It works. It works great. And the, and the actual virilization type of side effects that we generally worry about with anabolic. No, you're not. You're not, not worried about it. No, you know I mean? 
They don't no. even really, they don't exist through GH and insulin. And, 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 and another point off that, I'm not a massive fan of the five milligram Anavar anabolic cycle. I'm just not because the reality is, you know, really, if it's actually Anavar, not a lot's going to happen from just that standalone. You had GH and insulin from that? Holy shit. Unless you're a hyper responder. If you're a hyper responder, five milligrams Anavar is going to, you know, do a lot. You had GH insulin that unreal. Also, activating those IGF pathways. I mean, IGF one's the most anabolic compound that your body can possibly have. Um, you know, we we know when exogenous IGF one, which is considered Incrolex, we know when that's you know injected into your body. And don't go looking for Incrolex; you're not going to find it anywhere. When that's injecting your body, everything grows. There's nothing that just stops growing because IGF is so potent and so anabolic, right? So why not utilize those pathways? And there's such a lack of understanding of pharmacology that, you know, women shouldn't use GH and insulin. Why? 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 They're naturally, just like testosterone, it's all naturally occurring in the body. Like, where in your body is Anavar naturally occurring? <laughs> like, yeah, you have DHT, which is what Anavar breaks down into. But there's not a hormone in your body called Anavar. <laughs> you know, it doesn't exist, well, right? No. It's just, yeah. it's, it's the most accepted barrier to entry that there is. And it's like, you know, people like you and I are kind of fighting an uphill battle for that all the time. Let's switch to men. Trend usage. When should a male, because this is not something I've ever talked about on the Grow Eye podcast, and I get messages about when is the appropriate time to take trend because obviously... You know, I'm like, man, without really good guidance, I honestly wouldn't take trend. When in your mind is the appropriate time for the right trend cycle, assuming all variables are good, the body's ready for it, the body's, you know, kind of primed, if you can ever be primed for trimbalone. Um, it's obviously a very heptoxic compound, but when's the right time in your mind for that to, to be introduced? I think you could, I personally think you could probably use it in either fat loss or growth scenario. So I did, a lot of times people think it's reserved for, you know, it's, it's contest prep, typical type compound, which I don't necessarily think that it has to be limited to that. Um, but again, poison's in the dose, yeah, right? Um, poison is in the person that's using it and how they, you know, how they react to it. And it's something that more is not better. No. You don't need a lot. It's, it's going to definitely, it's a very, it's a different, it, has, it, it does have some like uh, different qualities and specific things that it does that are a little bit different than other compounds. So again, I'm always talking, how many pathways can we exploit yep. to make this work better? So as, a, as you can use the word like complementary compound, yep. it works very, very well, but you just don't need a lot of it. Um, but either or, I think you could really use it in both. Growth, I think you really use it in either growth or fat loss scenario. I would just say, uh, I also look at the person's psyche. You know, if you're a nutcase and, and you trend does seem to have some some kind of odd effects on neurotransmitters, and it does probably part of the reason that it fucks people's sleep. Yeah, uh, specifically, you know, specifically maybe GABA, serotonin. So, um, you know, if they're a nut job, I'm not going to touch it yeah if you know but assuming all else as well it's funny because i have i have a guy that uh he aromatizes really heavily so he's more in that he's more in that very high like that low testosterone to high non-aromatizing pathway yeah but he does good he does fine on trend so what do you do you add some trend in there no shit. and 
So he gets more, you know, he's getting more results out of his, out of his cycle. And he doesn't really, and he feels, you know, he feels great on it. But with that, you get to keep everything else down lower because he actually does handle the trend well and it's so powerful. Sure. So that's a great benefit. Yeah. And of course that on paper, on paper, somebody sees that and it looks super unorthodox, right? It looks just very, looks very strange to them. But hey, you know, you do that, you put them on some insulin. Exactly. You give him, you give him enough food, and you know, he's he's going to grow. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So the I didn't know if you wanted to the GH and insulin thing is a big one too. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to touch that at all. I, I I say I say we have you out for a whole podcast on GH insulin and AIs. I would love yeah. to do that. I would love to do that because. Because, man, those topics are just, number one, they're so misunderstood. Um, but number two, I mean, you know, that's another hour for us to talk about. And, you know, I think, yeah. I think, oh, yeah. I think that, that can be really beneficial for people. Because I want to talk about AIs today, but I, I have one more thing I want to run by you. And then after that, I mean, we're yeah. at an hour 15. Uh, you know, I like keeping the interviews around that number. But that's you cool. and I can kind of talk all day. Um, so we, we need to get a GH insulin AI one scheduled, but, um, my last question or my last item to run through, because I love this drug, but it's just like trend in the fact that if it doesn't fucking fit the person, like if you're a whack job on trend, this thing's going to take you to a completely another level. And you know what I'm talking about? Trust alone, um, or mint. Um, if you've ever taken, have you ever taken trust? Um, no, but it's also because I'm a heavy aromatizer oh, and damn. Um, yeah, so it probably, and of course, you know, of course, part of the, part of the reason that it is effective is the fact that it's part of its aromatization properties. So yeah. it really wouldn't make sense to like take it and then combat that with something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it is, it is, some people get a, some really good results from it. It is. So its aromatization is a little bit different because it it aromatizes the more like a methylated estrogen more than anything, estrogen, yeah, um, which is much more toxic than just normal estrogen. Yeah. Much more, right? It's vicious. Yeah. Yes, it is. But estrogen in and of itself, as a growth, as a hormone that causes or hormone that assists with muscle growth, is very powerful. Mm-hmm. So. In an ideal world, we let your estrogen go as high as you can without half with it until you have until you have side effects. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, because I realistically, realistically, if you if your androgen, we use testosterone for example, if your test level is, you know, four thousand, should your estrogen level still be at the twenty to forty five no. physiologic rate? Like no. no. No, there has to be homeostasis. It's okay for your estrogen. It's okay for your estrogen right. to be 150 if you feel well. Honestly, if you feel good, yeah. Why can't it be? And yeah, it's people don't go enough off feel. They go off. Oh my god, this paper says this, so I have to be feeling that. And the reality is, when you're taking something like a trust, which is quite a, it's substantially more powerful than Trimbalone. I think a majority of people would agree on. And I, so I've used both. I've used both in high dosage. I don't have huge issues with aromatization. I'm very, very, very fortunate. 
Honestly, even when I take Tress, Novadex is enough. Five milligrams Novadex every other day is enough to keep me at bay. Like it's kind of, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Knock on wood, that doesn't change. But Tress is far more powerful than Trin, IMO. Uh, Tress has fantastic body recomposition benefits. I mean, all of a sudden it's like, man, I'm peak off season and my belt is getting looser while I'm getting way stronger and way bigger. Like it's kind of fucking amazing how it works. But, man, that thing can, because that methylated estrogen, it can drive, I mean, it can drive you up really high, really fast. I think it's a good idea to keep Letrozole on hand if you're running trust. Um, you know, Letrozole, that is intense. Like, I, I'm not a proponent of Letrozole, you know, outside of a contest breath phase or even inside of a contest breath phase because of how intense it is. Man, when you're running trust, it's, it's harsh. But, you know, it's all just about, like Austin says, how, how do you handle it? Like, if you take it and you're mature enough to handle the you know, neurological side effects of it, um, because there are some things that are going to piss you off. And honestly, on trust, your libido goes so fucking high. Like, it is, it is so high. And things just piss you off or things, like, affect you differently. Like, you've got to be able to like, be a mature adult. Um, and, like, I, I think the same about trend, though. Like, immature people should not be taking trend. Like, like you, you need to have a certain maturity level to be able to handle some of the side effects of that drug. Trust is wild, but, man, it is not for everybody. Like, there's, I mean, I have about 200 clients on my roster, and I have three or four guys that use it. <laughs> You know, yeah. there, it's, it is not something for everybody. And it's just like train more is definitely not better. Um, it's definitely not like 20 milligrams a day is probably all you need. And you're going to, yeah. you're going to see a lot, like you're going to see a fucking lot. Um, yeah, but no, I, 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 I think it's good. Do you have anything else to add about that? I'll give you, I'll give you one thing to end with yeah. that is because I know, I know some of this stuff people like talk on podcasts and like, well, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of an abstract yeah. thing. I'm like, well, yeah, because because if I get on here and say do this, this, and this, I don't know shit about you. So no. that's, I'm doing you. I'm doing you a disservice by doing that. Exactly. Right. And this, and that's where the science does you a disservice. Is yep. that the, the people running the studies? They they try to use they'll try to use you know at hopefully some diversity in the population in their study. Hopefully, yeah, but. You know, we can just never account for all variables. But what I can say is that, in theory, you could figure out one to two, well, I'll say two, two to maybe two to three things that you could use, and you could literally use those same three things to grow forever. Forever, yeah. Forever. The reason is because, again, dose, dose really determines response, and... I'm talking anabolics, but I'm not talking like, you know, a GH insulin type stuff. Yeah. But you could probably take if it, you know, it's test and masteron. Yeah. You could take test and masteron forever literally. and just titrate and then literally just take more of them as you got bigger. Because a lot of a lot of what we know about dosing now kind of comes down to more does actually do more yeah. up to the time up to the point where you have too many side effects, right? And we know that, you know, essentially milligrams per amount of body weight or amount of muscle will be some determining factor in dosing. So mm -hmm. again, like in theory, a bigger person 
might need more outside of, of course, we have some genetic freaks that respond to very little. Yeah. But you could take two things and just titrate up those as you got bigger. Yep. Right? Yeah. And you could pretty much, pro- you know, pretty much continue to progress on those same two things. So my point is like, don't, don't unnecessarily overcomplicate yep. it, you know? Yeah. Um, Everything we talk about here is like within context of two coaches talking. It's not within context of, I mean, 5,000 people are going to hear this. We have no idea any of your, unless you're one of our clients, we have no idea what's going on with you, what your history is, what anything is. We try to generalize as best we can. And like Austin said, like going on a podcast, dude, going on, there's not a lot of podcasts to talk about drugs as openly as I do on Grow or Die podcast. And going on podcasts is really difficult to talk about these things because the reality is, and also has a podcast as well where you guys talk about a lot. Like the reality of these things is like, 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 like if you hire, you know, Alston or I, cause you hear us talk about PEDs on the podcast and you come to us and, you know, we put you on something that's different than you heard on the podcast. Well, that's just because that's what fits you. Or what we right. deem fits you. Right. Yeah. So context variable, context dependent with everything. I went on, I went on, uh, I went on John Hewitt's podcast. Oh recently. yeah. I, I, I saw that. That's actually next up on my playlist. Yeah. So we talked about, it was like, it was digestive. We yeah. talked about digestive health. So someone, someone comments on John's, uh, YouTube channel. Cause I guess it probably posts to his YouTube plus Spotify and yeah. all the other, wherever. And, and said how it was, it was kind of like the title, the title was something like resolving resolving digestive issues related to speaking answer or something. And he's like, well, it kind of didn't actually answer the question. I said, actually, it kind of did. If you go back and listen to it, I answered a lot of questions up until the point where I don't know the person. Like I answered, I gave you, I gave you as much as I could without knowing. And I'm not looking to, I'm not looking to like hurt anyone. I don't want you to do the wrong, the wrong things, but yeah, that, that part, that part kind of gets me. And I would even say, if you guys listen, if you guys are out there looking for information and you follow people on Instagram, YouTube, whatever, and they just hammer you with absolutes, don't follow them. They I have no clue what they're talking about. hundred percent. And if they do, if they do have a clue what they're talking about, they just, they just aren't able to help a wide variety of people because yeah, yeah, that's true. It's just not, that's just not how it works. That's true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not black and white. It's not black and white. You have to right. have, as a coach, if you're a good coach, you have to have boundaries in the message that you send too. Because like, we can talk all we want about PEDs. We can talk about fixing digestion. We can talk whatever. But fuck it. At the end of the day, we still have a service like to our clients that like they pay for. And, like this podcast is free. Like we can only give so much. And you know, so I think that's a really good point. Don't fucking take this shit and be like, oh, you know what? I don't aromatize that badly. I'm at an interest and you don't even have a coach that's going to help you or be educated on trust alone or how to run it. Right. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, we didn't even really get to talk about cycle like needs, cycle design needs and stuff like that. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like there's so many level variables, but I haven't had a podcast done like this 
yet in 172 episodes. So it's just like, how do we fill in the gaps as much as possible? But Austin, I really appreciate you coming on. I want to have you on again and talk about GH insulin, AIs, um, all of that stuff that's not as sexy as just talking about anabolic steroids. Um, but man, I think this was a really good one. Um, tell people where they can find you at, your podcast, your Instagram, YouTube, all that. Yeah, cool. So if you if you get me on Facebook or Instagram, I'll be Austin Stout on Facebook. There is well, it used to be a stage photo. Did you see the photo? Did you see my profile photo I put up yesterday? No, but I saw your Zoom photo and I was dying laughing. <laughs> no, no, I just put a. I, I rotate goofy. I rotate like goofy shit through my Facebook profile photo. This yeah. is like a joke. So. Yeah. You'll find my name though. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, going to be a funny picture. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, the Saturday Night Live skit where the dude deadlifts and rips his arms off yeah, on the bar. Yeah, that, that, that was that was your lucky. Zoom. That was your Zoom picture too. Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> that's so, funny as fuck. <laughs> so that's Facebook. Now on Instagram, it's uh, at Austin St Eight mm-hmm. Number Eight. Um, all you have to do is go to Facebook or Instagram. In my bio, there's the link tree. The link tree has my YouTube. The link tree has like website. If you want specific information, I would just email me directly yeah. because um, my website will have lists of services and stuff. But if you want specific stuff, email me. My email's in the you know it's in the the bio. Yeah. So Austin is a it. very fast emailer as well. I, I envy how fast you get back to emailing because I'm on like twice a week. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So I, uh, yeah. So anything, any, anything you need, if it's if it's edu- you know education, mentorship, I do one time. I do consult for people. You know, lab work consults. Like I've done like I've done. I did one this morning. I did like three this weekend. Yeah, shit like that. You did one for me out. last week. We went over to Dutch chess together. It was well, fantastic. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, that was great. So I highly, highly recommend Austin's a great resource. He's been a great resource for a long time. Um, if you're a coach, you're someone who honestly just wants to learn hire him as your mentor. Um, you know, he's helped me a lot. I always tell Austin, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm a really fucking smart dude, but I've learned a lot since hiring you. Um, and you know, so, so I think it, I think it goes far and it's definitely worth it. Um, Austin, again, thank you so much for coming on. We'll see you next time. Okay. Thank you.